All right, welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, everybody. We're trying some new things here. We're going live, and uh, yeah, that was a new Emory song that you've heard that, that you just heard. If you didn't, if you missed it, rolling in there, it's called Biddy, and it's going to be on our new album that'll be out pretty soon. It'll be out, you know, sometime this summer. I think we're looking at June yep. or something like that. It's complete. And Emoryland, which is our fan community that supports and perpetually funds our band Emory, they've had this music as well as about eight other tracks for months right. and months and months. And the album is getting, the last few songs on the album are getting mixed today and tomorrow. And then all the people in Emoryland will have already had the complete Emory album for a while before it even gets live or public. So if you would like to hear a whole new Emory album, it's basically available for you now. You can get that at emorymusic.com. And uh, what else we got today? We got a couple sponsors for the show. And uh, like I said, we're trying it live. So we're doing things a little bit different, a little bit looser. We're going to see if we can see comments over there. I see Cody Robinson, our old tour manager. Cody, I hope you're doing oh, good, buddy. Wow. In All Canada. Right. In Canada. We even got Canadians up here. He's isolated on y'all have y'all still Y'all got internet in Canada? Good. Yeah. Lord. Still wow. works. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. You can get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale when you go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter our code, BADCHRISTIAN. That's Stamps.com and enter the code, BADCHRISTIAN. Also, today's show is sponsored by Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes finding life insurance a breeze. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at PolicyGenius.com. All right. Toby, what do we got today? I got some stuff to talk about if you don't. But we could just make it up as we go, as usual. I, well, I've known you how many decades, and there's never been once where you didn't have something to talk about. There's never been one time where I was like, ugh, awkward silence with my friend Matt. That, no one. <laughs> I, I, there's never been a lull in conversation. <laughs> well, there's that one time that I had that real bad sore throat in New York when I was sick and I couldn't talk for a day. Do you remember that? I think I kind of do. Yeah, it was yeah. the worst worst day of your life, probably. Yeah, I couldn't talk. I had a sore throat real bad, and I just you stayed in my sad, bunk all day. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with you? Well, I'm in the bunker down here. You can see on the video that I'm in my kid's basement here, which I have it's now it's a studio and a jungle gym and where we let them stay up late. I'm letting them change their sleep schedule. It's kind of fun. I'm letting them stay up at night as long as wow. starting at 8 o'clock, they can't interact with a parent. From oh, that wow. point <laughs> is the rule. <laughs> they it's quiet time. Talk with you. They cannot talk to me or their mom after eight o'clock, and they have to put themselves to bed. As long as they go downstairs, wow. that's fine. And so then they are sleeping later and later, which means I can get up earlier and earlier and get you know. But we just we try to dodge each other's schedules. Is one of the things that's yeah. working for us. But. Um, I know everybody. I, I thought it'd be real fun to try to get comments going and just try to be a little bit more live. And what we'll do later is uh, show one yeah. of our Daily Dose episodes that we do live. But here's a couple of things I was thinking about, and we okay. can pop through these pretty fast. I was thinking I hadn't done a science segment in a while on the podcast. Yeah. I thought we could do a, that. And then I thought of something else I wanted to do. I got a corruption watch. You want to start with that? Corruption watch. Yeah, yes. I do want to start with that. That sounds pretty I, fun. <laughs> I think things are changing so much so fast now yeah. that it's kind of, if you're a person like me that likes to have I, new ideas and think of when the landscape changes, things are shifting fast and chaotically, and it gives, it's just always a bunch of fascinating things to think about. Yeah. And so 
I will preface by saying what I said on the Daily Dose before, which is, man, I want to say I want to apologize to everybody out there who's ever listened to Bad Christian Podcast before when I've said how much it doesn't matter who the president is. I've reversed that stance. Turns out it matters a lot who the president is. That's something I've been wrong about, so I want to say that on the main episode. It matters. Wow. That's a Um, big change for you, my friend. I know. All it took was a pandemic. That's all it took. Wow. But, uh, But... and I do think, in a general way, a message that I do want to share with people is that some of these governors and stuff are just doing an awesome job. And in general, I think it's a time to try to support the government and our systems and our institutions. This podcast talks a lot of shit about right. government, systems, institutions, the church, because they're important, and this is when we need them. So let's yep. not try to tear them down. Let's believe as much as we can in all of the politicians that we can. I don't think the commander in chief is is I don't think he's good or doing a good job here, and I think he's doing a lot of harm. However, in the general way, let's attempt to pull together with our system to to do some of this stuff. Right. However, you will also have to be vigilant to watch things like corruption because the, everybody knows you don't let a good crisis go to waste. So there's gonna there's people out there oh, trying sure. to get everything and spin everything and do everything they're going to possibly be able to do. So you be more vigilant, and I'll give you a corruption watch. Here's a warning for everybody I'm ready. out there. Essential business and non-essential business. Oh, my gosh. This is a fertile <laughs> playground for unbelievable <laughs> amounts of... Fuckery and corruption. Real quick, though, I swear I thought you were getting ready to go. Essential oils and are the (laughs) thing with the most corruption right now. They're claiming they could cure coronavirus. Well, they they probably do claim that. They might do that, yeah. And don't, but that'd be in the science. You're saying essential workers, essential businesses, yeah. What is declared essential business and not essential business? Pay attention. To yep. that, because you, it's just that is that's just every possibility in a crisis for that to be uh, abused and payoffs or what you know you're going to see weird stuff in there, and and then it's it might be the kind of thing that extends and is locked down over time and it's going to really be a big deal whether or not you yeah. qualify or not and you if it's regulated and. Yes, we need to do that right now, but we also need to be watching out for overregulation and corruption going forward. This is how these things get screwed up in a time like this. So be looking for businesses to th- to change and be different style of businesses who innovate in their own ways to uh, be safe and healthy and effective in new ways. We need yeah. ultimately businesses to just modify and adapt and be different from now on. We don't need a government to just tell you who's good and who's bad and then just leave it that way forever. So everybody pay attention. There's also going to be a lot of business opportunity there where can you think how many businesses right now are just got declared non-essential and how many other businesses could be just a little bit different that or you could start right now from your home? Is there some business that could serve a, a market that is now totally cut off? This is opportunity like crazy. That's not corruption. It's opportunity. Think about, just go find what are the non-essential businesses and then think, is there a, is there a new solution here? That's, that's the type of thing everybody can be working together on is trying to innovate new types of things in, in, in that space. But there's obviously pent-up 
demand and supply issues and things like that. So right. the, you should see a lot of movement on that, and we should seek to roll that back and not be locked into dumb TSA-style stuff that does nothing for t- 20 years after this. We'll need to also roll it back. But right now, pay attention, do the best you can, try to support our institutions in that way. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%, for sure. But I don't know. I can't think of anything of of starting my own business. I feel like I I'll give you one. Oh, I'll give oh, you, you one. You, oh, I see. <laughs> you already started it. Yeah. It's, this is what people should do. I mean, everybody can do it. I mean, I was out jogging yesterday, and just I keep seeing empty buildings. They're just yep. nothing but empty buildings. You go, oh, well, you can't use the buildings because it's a church or it's an office building or these places of density. And right. so we're not using all these places. I have an Airbnb, uh, and it's empty. But it could be used for something, not a lot of travel. Now, I think these businesses should you should be make a small crew somehow where you get you you turn see if this makes sense. I don't have it all the way worked out. That space can be used for socially distanced office workspace. I'm telling you they can. You could separate rooms, you could set put put people far away and have a crew that cleans it every hour and you schedule time where you don't see anybody and you utilize the entrances in this way and these empty buildings and downtown corridors and people who are not making money because yeah. nobody's going to pay their rent right the, the, the landlords aren't going to be collecting the rent it's a way to offset the cost it's a way to do cleaning jobs you get some gear and you go in you wipe it and you clean you make a good website and somebody yeah. can use your airbnb that's empty maybe just two different people and they alternate days and you do a thorough cleaning with a webcam to sh- i mean there's plenty of opportunity there right and you'd yeah. offset some of your costs it wouldn't be as valuable as like a full co-working space but could you have four units in your current office if you redid a few things probably right, right. Right, yeah. Because all the people that are working from home are going crazy. Like my kids coming down here and stuff like that. If I could just go to a clean office, maybe that would be better. Because the people that are working from home, they still have jobs and they still have money. And they would probably pay to go somewhere that was clean and safe and distanced, right? Right. So there's plenty of opportunity and stuff like that. Because the co-working space is now claimed, declared a non-essential business. Yeah, I've been thinking more and more about what it, what childcare, how this whole thing is going to change childcare, and what that looks like, and and flexibility, and how that will happen in your job, and even job hours. I mean, there's everything's probably going to change, but even like the the normal eight to five job or something mm-hmm. is that that might be gone. Like you might, eh, what, awesome. what am I doing? You know, and, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this for sure. I mean, tons of but, good. I mean. What uh, I will say this: one of the things that uh, has changed for sure is everybody's realization of, wait a minute, I'm going somewhere, and there's a lot of people, and that could be dangerous. So maybe I should stay away. Being in my house, it not only is it just a home, and I can rest there, but it's actually a safe haven, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, depends on who's in your house. I mean, it's not yeah, a safe haven for <laughs> a lot of people. If you have, three, if you have, I'm well, not really yeah, joking. No, no, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot well, of children bringing us down. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks for bringing bringing it down right before I was going to uh, talk about one of our sponsors, Matt. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> because what I was getting at is you can do so much from your house. And so why not uh, go ahead and sign up today for stamps.com? Because for all of our sakes, we need to avoid crowds in any way we can. But what if you got to mail that letter? What if you need to go to the post office? Uh, what if you need postage to send out letters and packages? You do not have to worry if you have stamps.com uh, because they're here to help. How? Because anything you do at the post office, you can do with stamps.com. Did you hear me? I said anything. 
print postage on demand, and skip those lines and crowds at the post office. Plus, you can actually save money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your home, office, or anywhere else you're hunkering down right now. Whether you're a small business sending invoices or an online seller shipping out products, or you're just working from home, and you need to mail stuff. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Seriously, Stamps.com is a no-brainer, especially now. It saves you time and money, and it keeps you safe from all those crazy things going on outside your door. So right now, our listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. My, my digital scale's over here. We're on video today. I should show I, I can't reach it. Uh, just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Bad Christian. That's stamps.com. Enter Bad Christian and stay safe, my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you had some other stuff? I got oh, some I, science I wanted to do. Well, well, I was going to say real quickly, too, you were talking, you know, we played an Emory song at the beginning, and mm-hmm. uh, we are actually going to, Devin and I, I guess, are going to do a live Emory show uh, sometime soon. When do is we it? have a, a, a date do on we, that? Do we have a date on it? Do we know what we're doing? Why, why you're looking at a plan. So it sounds like Sunday night, Devin and I are going to be playing some music. Now, Devin went live and did some cover songs, but y'all are telling me we're probably going to do a bunch of Emory songs, which I'm excited about. But I did have a set list I was going to play that I thought would have been really good of cover songs because Devin did all these cover songs. Everybody's like, oh, his voice is so great. So I thought my set list would be, uh, <laughs> I thought this would be really good. Uh, I thought, I would, so since I'm not going to get to do it, I at least wanted to say my set list real quick before we move on. My set list would have been, I just died in your arms tonight. Uh, Tears in Heaven, <laughs> I'll Be Missing You by Puff Day, Candle in the Wind by Elton John, I'll Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab, and Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Don't Cult. Fear the Reaper. So, yeah, that's the, I think the that would have been one. really, that would have been a powerful Toby Morell set from Emory. <laughs> but anyway, I won't get to do that now. I don't do get to Emory do it. Songs. I got to do Emory songs. Look, luckily, a lot of those are about Excuse dying, me. So Good No God. big deal. Yeah, yeah luckily, we, <laughs> we were ahead of the curve of this pandemic. Yeah. We, you, you other bands are writing all this other stuff. We wrote about death a lot. So we were ahead. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, man. I'm sorry I interrupted, but I won't get to do those songs. I, was just, I at least wanted to give myself a little credit. We'll get to some details about the online concert and beyond. But yeah, we're trying to put something together yep. for that. So I wanted to do a little bit of science here. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, oh, it, this isn't very hard science exactly, but it, it's, it, it's, uh, I'm going to try to put a little bit of detail. It's more like logic. Um, because here's who you can't trust with science is uh, the CDC and the WHO and people like that, apparently. They're, but- they've, can you not tr- like? I mean, it seems I don't. really biz- there's some really bizarre information. Like, I, I don't, I don't go to them for my data. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, the, I feel like they say stuff and then they turn it back around and say, no, the, "Don't use masks." Oh yeah, that's uh, what maybe, I want to talk maybe, about. Okay, I that stuff about really masks. freaks me out because these are yeah. the, the people, and they're talking like they're doing interviews with like, uh, celebrities and stuff about stay at home. Like, is it just like? Uh, it, sorry, go ahead. It, it it it's a little worrisome these these yes. big organizations. Yeah, it well, you know, they're not doing the exact thing that you want. So I'm not saying if they don't release data, the data's false, but their recommendations right. what they tell you to do, people confuse that with like my mom or my doctor is telling me something specific for me, but it's really a mass message right. in, that's more designed to like have intended effect on society more than give yeah. you information. And that's the access to you have to be paying attention on all these things. The mask thing, 
from from what I understand, you know, they early on and have said that masks are not, they don't really do anything, or you don't right. need masks, or it doesn't matter. Maybe it helps other people, you know, maybe, but probably not. Yes. Don't wear it. Yeah. Yes, but that isn't true. I mean, it should be kind of fucking obvious that masks do something because they have I- them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then every doctor wears them. Yeah, then, you know. <laughs> yeah. It, it should have been kind of obvious. And then all the places where they have pandemics and epidemics and stuff like that, the people right. there wear masks a lot. And then the places where you know, like it's not. It's not because uh, they're so crazy. You know, there's, know. There's when you see something persisting over time for a long time in many ways, there's usually a reason for it. So uh, don't worry about the mask. So the, uh, so yeah, I just thought my dentist thought it looked cool. That's yes. really my worry all these years. Now. They the thing they tell you would be something like this though. This is that they're they're treating you like a dumb idiot, and they're they're trying to tell you. Well, there's two problems with it. One is they treat you like a dumb idiot, and yep. they think that you think that if you put on a regular mask, you're immune to all disease in every way. That's how right. dumb you are. That you think because you have a mask on that you can do anything you want, and you are totally protected. Right. They are assuming you're that dumb, first of all. So what they're yeah. on one level they're saying it doesn't fully keep you <laughs> from getting a virus. But it's more of a question of does it help and how much would be like the actual useful info. And then you could decide <laughs> how to wear it, when to right. wear it, when to change it, uh stuff like that. So that's one problem with it. And the other one, which I think is a little bit more rotten, is I think it's more along the lines strategically for them to say, I think they really worried about the supply of these masks, basically, because immediately uh, yeah, right. the, be gone. they're out, they're gone and people and hoard the them. So won't have them. Yes. Nurses won't so, have them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, why do the doctors and nurses need them? Right. <laughs> you know, because they do something and they need them and Guess what? The doctors and the nurses need them more than I do or more than somebody who's trying to sell them on eBay. I agree with that. Right. If there is a certain limited supply, which it turns out there is, of course, the people that need Ugh. them the most, where they'll be the most effective, are the people that should have them. So some of that advice God. is more inclined to maybe just, it's, it's a weird thing, is saying masks don't work. Which is a way of getting the masks that do exist to the peop- to other people. Right. So it's like a transfer of masks through a strategy to get them where they need to be, and that's where the policies and the communications come from. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So if you think about the masks, though, of course they're they of course obviously work on the level of spreading. So we're doing all this social distancing. If you wear a mask, you will be helping when you're at the grocery store, of course, because right. you won't be spreading. And then you know the different. The different levels of mask actually matter. Here's the, all I'm going to give you in a statistical way. This is, like I said, this is more logic. But if you have a T-cloth, a surgical mask, or an N95, do you know the difference in those three? Do you know uh, what an N95 is? It, sound, it, it does more, right? It, a surgical mask maybe does just at least stop your droplets from getting to somebody else, mm-hmm. or at least helps. But it's just basically just tissue or paper. And then the... The was it N95? N95 is the is yeah. the first one that's kind of like a it's not a respirator with the things like a gas mask. It is a mask, but it fits tightly and it has a filters on both the sides. Big, yeah, yeah, tiny ones, and they filter down to a certain size. Um, I don't have the actual micron micro 
sized there, but you get the point. Surgical right. mask is just anything with a cloth with very tight fabric, and then you can use a homemade one out of just tea cloth or anything, and it actually does something. If you make a homemade mask and just put something over your fucking face, it does something. Right. Why wouldn't wow. it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just give you the reference value of particles here. So we know this is droplets. We know it's particles. So out of 100 uh, total particles, the tea cloth, 90 particles get through. So you've done something. You've stopped some counting from going out. It slows it down. It projects less far. But 90% of those particles can get through that. Still so get it's through. not okay. Yeah, but right. you've still yeah, yeah. reduced it some. A surgical right. mass is... It can be uh, the particles leaked into the environment going on the outward side can be 50 out of 100. Wow. So not, yeah. And an N95, 30. You've taken it down to 30 particles, 70% wow. reduction in outgoing particles on an N95. That doesn't mean you can't get a disease or no. give a disease, but aren't we just trying to reduce the risk and stuff like that? Yeah. Obviously. You, you reduced it by 70%. Yeah. Chance. So st staying home is good. And going on right. a walk's okay, and going on a walk, or the closer you are to somebody with an N95 on, okay. We're, those are all in line with being responsible. <laughs> you know, those, those are good things to do if right. you have them. And uh, particles leak through the mask uh, from the environment. Let's see if I'm reading this right, but it says that the tea cloth, that it's even more effective... <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to misread something. I'm now I'm nervous about it. But it says part. Um, this is from a Medium article. Uh, if you want, I'll let y'all look it up. Just because it's not my job to say all the details. Right. Hey guys, everybody listening or watching, we're no Brit Hume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many uh, people do not know who that is. It's, it's, it's a uh, Medium.com art article called "Why We Should All Wear Mask." There is new scientific rationale. COVID nineteen. So it's on yeah. Medium. So look that up. I don't. I'm, I don't know how, I'm not going to give the link. Well, Maybe basically, what you're saying still, though, is that I mean, obviously, there are different levels, but so you you do think though there might be some smart moves here that they're making because they're worried everybody, just like the toilet tissue. Yeah, but they're, it's they'll not just get your them, right? best interest in mind. It's not or the getting you accurate information is the problem with these big organizations, and right? Institutions. You have to but know that. What do they do? Though I mean, that's I really feel they're, like that's they, the same way with our government. They're doing a lot of different things that you can't know about, or if you yes. did, it would it'd be real dangerous. Now nobody's handling it right. I get but that, but the positive side of this would be to look at it, and I'm asking everybody to look at give people the benefit of the doubt in a time I normally say don't now do. And think of it this way. If you work for the CDC and you were aware of the shortage and the hoarding and the medical deficiencies, you probably would do the same thing. Yeah. You probably, if you were in the government, whatever your governor's doing, you'd probably do the same thing if you had the information he had. So you have to acknowledge that and then also do what you got to do for your own self. Right? Right. That what you got to do is analyze it all and you choose and also understand that they got to do what they got to do from that crazy, big, institutional point of view. And it does function and we do need it. I'm not saying burn it all down or any of that stuff. We need a better government to do better. We have to actually be engaged here and focused and look at it and look at ourselves and separate right. the two. It's not conspiracies or anything like that. It's just how policy works. That's why it's so frustrating. But now there's actual things you can do that matters to you, and you can reduce your risk by a certain amount of percentages, but right. you'll have to navigate that and, and figure that out for yourself. So it's, if you think about it this way, 
another thing I think is funny is if you look at all the different points in history <laughs> where like things changed massively, like yeah. the the fall of the Russian uh, monarchy into communism or whatever it is, Rome was a civilization, then it wasn't. You know, nobody ever sees those things coming until they do. And I don't understand at all how people don't think if if it did, w- might it not look like this? <laughs> like the prequel to those of things, might it not look like this? I'm curious what level of radar anybody has massive societal change on their radar. I'm not talking about the virus itself. I'm just talking about, and here's why I say that. We were talking before about the rent and people, yeah. landlords not having their paying their rent. I know somebody owns a bunch of commercial real estate and restaurants and stuff like that. And he said, ain't nobody going to pay him. Right? Right. Like apartment buildings, restaurants. Yeah. Uh, if you, you know, they, and this person obviously has enough money for that and ain't nobody going to pay him. Right. And what's he, what's he going to do? Right. You know? And at first I thought, well, that's fucked up. Like, because it seems wrong to not pay your rent or something. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, well, it, everybody's screwed. And of course, it's rich people have more money. People with assets have more money. And it's not their fault. But if somebody's got to hold the bag, it makes more sense that they do, right? Right. I mean, I guess that well, they- kind of makes <laughs> sense. But it also freaks me out to think you're in a time now where, I mean, in another sense, that isn't that a massive wealth transfer down the chain? Isn't that like what people really have always been asking for lately? Like, is this a big, this is something here because the landlords could go, oh no, I'm going to be, go full on Scrooge McDuck here and, and kick people out that, and a lot of landlords will. But if you're a halfway reasonable person, and what are you going to do? You're not going to be an evil rich person. Right. You're going to, you know, so that wealth is just going to bump down. Out of the like, there's a that's a big wealth transfer, no? Well, also because of the internet and social media, you're so connected that as soon as a landlord says, I'm kicking all these people out, it's, it'll be everywhere and you'll look like a bad person, which is right. so it, there's some uh, real accountability now. That's what that, I'm saying. That did that's, not used to exist, which is pretty that in that sense, social media, I appreciate it in some ways. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Big shift, though. I'm saying, like, the whole oh, time, I, I mean, people are wanting this, there's doing this, we're in the middle of an economic collapse, and there's a disease, there's a wealth transfer, There's a, the boomers are going to be gone, and then the new generation, and they have different values. Like, like if you take all those factors in, w- wow, what's possible here? Like, before right. Archduke Ferdinand gets assassinated to start World War, you know, it, it's just... Is this not one of those times where something really different things will be just? I mean, I know we'll get through this crisis, but what else might happen? This just you couldn't imagine. Maybe it'll be good, right. but like massive shifts in society happen. Might this be what one would look like at the beginning stages of it? Yes, very much so. There, we, we, there is a lot of no going back to two months ago. Yeah, and and a lot of it's really good. I'm really glad. Yeah, it's, just, it's wild, uh, wild. I mean, I just feel fully engaged on just so many fronts that I mean, I find it exciting. I'm not, uh, I don't know what ought to happen at all. I have I no idea. I don't even well, know what I want to well, happen. Also, it goes back to what you're saying. Like, yours and my career has been ty- entirely built on uh, entertainment, 
And it doesn't seem as if we're essential. Now, what's really cool about our jobs, <laughs> and what I've seen on TV, is a lot of non-essential people, entertainment world, are able to continue doing their job. Like Conan O'Brien's doing his show from his, mm-hmm. his house. And I've been mm-hmm. seeing people do that. You know, I, I, Some sports casters that I watch are doing sports shows from... The, but I mean, that it, everything might change. You might see so much more amazing television that is done way more efficiently and cheaper and mm-hmm. you might like it it's even great. more. And mm-hmm. and it might be your neighbor making it. And you're going to be like, oh yeah, my that's God, right. that's so awesome. That's I mean, what it's I mean. Be wild. Totally. Like, think about the TV productions. Like, I know there's a lot of TV right now and all this movies coming out, but the productions aren't happening. I know. So, I, I mean, I know this sounds yeah. absurd, but I actually think of it this way. We make music and we do productions and we're able to make this music and the stuff we do now so easily and efficiently and cheaply. We've already been building that way for years. Yeah, we don't even go to the studio to make music anymore, so we can make it, and then the bigger productions cannot. So that's an advantage, and you know, as things go from music to media to video to all the different stacking of art, as music gets easier to produce, I mean, we're going to do things like children's books and make more videos and uh, do more kind of live shows like this. I mean, who's to say? And okay, by the way, Disney World is shut down and all their productions are shut down. Right. So remember when there was no indie bands or indie labels and then all of a sudden they dominated major labels? Is it not possible for some, you know, relatively small group of 80 or 100 or 30 people to, to, to make unbelievable productions in new oh, ways know. that rival Disney in the way that, right. in the way that, indie labels did you know yeah. in the that in 2003 like there's plenty to do there's opportunity I, here joe it's exotic so was a blueprint we thought it was a documentary <laughs> he's a blueprint about what it is so that's pretty amazing but we could be the indie disney right think about the people in our universe Ooh, that we know indie that are disney. talented yeah Ooh, why not yeah, the, yeah. The, the, well, the indie version of atlantic records and interscope used to seem like yeah, a dumb right. idea right you're and right. then yeah, production yeah. budgets you just figured out how to do it with a focused cheap team with all like conan o'brien right can do a show with the iphone not i mean technology enables it because right. he has the damn skill to pull it off he doesn't he has the talent right. and the creativity and then now he only has to compete with everybody the playing fields levels back out in a way so whoever yeah. can hold the attention and do the creative stuff nobody can use all their cheating high production budgets and the, all that stuff's in a free fall so there's so much opportunity out there there's one one way to look at it well once again matt you are not at a loss for words uh, unless <laughs> your it. voice hurts so you got tonsillitis or something you you are talking your ass off we did this live if you want to watch it then go to the bad christian page on facebook and you can re-watch this video uh, we're doing lots of cool things over at the BC Club, so if you haven't joined the BC Club, do it. We are going to hop off of here now and bring on our guest, Matt Sainecomb. I think that's how you say his name, from the hard times. I'm pretty that, excited about this interview. Th- that's so. not in this broadcast, though. Oh, that's it is separate. not? No, oh. but we're, so we need to set it up Shite. a little different here. This is part right. of being, being yeah. a live show. <laughs> <laughs> Reversion. <laughs> so Matt's never at a loss for work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt. Well, tell the folks at home listening what it is. <laughs> the next thing that we are going to do is air a live a recording we did yesterday for the BC Club, which they get. We do it right now every day. Oh, that's right. We do a live broadcast. It's called the Daily Dose, and we just let it rip 
uh, every day. And now we're doing comments and, and live broadcasts there as we're uh, doing it. And we did one yesterday. It was kind of fast and loose. And I had Reva go back and edit out a couple of names that we put in it where we said negative things about a person or two. Cleaned it up just a little bit, but we were just talking about touring. Well, we said negative things about people we toured with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so if you were in the BC club, you got to hear the names. Yeah, but since right. you're not, you Sorry. get to hear some bleeps. We we cleaned it up a little bit, but we were yeah. telling about celebrities coming to our shows and p- stories from tours right. and some other things like that. That would be fun to put in the main uh, yeah. episode so, here. But if so you're not gonna... in the if you're not in the BC club, you should join because you won't we, bleep free. You get to hear all the craziness. So yeah. you and should we, do that. And if you like this show, there's much more of them. Once you join the BC Club, join the community. And uh, it's a good thing to do at this time. And that's thebcclub.com. You can go there to join. And it's just the kind of thing that I believe that, in especially in these times, it doesn't have to be this show, but you should support the people that make things that you like if you want those things to continue. And even better, if you want those people to increase, put more time in, put more effort in, and develop new types of things that don't exist yet. That's kind of where my head is at. And we'll transition to that in just a second. But before that, I've got to tell you about a sponsor that I think is terrific. Now, this is Policy Genius Life Insurance. And I'll tell you this, before they were going to be a sponsor, I already had started, I had it on my list for a long time, get life insurance, get life insurance, and I did it. So I did it, and then they came on as a sponsor, and I, I was very proud of myself for being grown up enough to actually get life insurance. It, it was a very easy thing to use. Uh, I did it. I got approved before all this, and I sleep like a baby because of it. There's tons of things that we each look back on and we think, how did I get it so wrong? I mean, it might be that you were wearing multiple polo shirts and popping the collars, you know, or donating to Coney back in 2012 or whatever it was, you know, that one person you dated. We all have regrets about stuff like that that we've done in life, and we're always going to get things wrong. That's just life. But there are also things we can get right on the first try, like shopping for life insurance, and that's where Policy Genius comes in. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze in minutes. You can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. This is completely what my experience was like. You can save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. And Policy Genius doesn't just make it easy, they also can help you find the right home, auto, insurance, or disability insurance. It really is a great site, very easy to use, much less painful than I was expecting. So, even if you look back on their triple denim days in distress, you'll never be distressed about life insurance with Policy Genius. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. We get we get all, excuse me. We get things wrong all the time. At least we can get life insurance right with Policy Genius. All right. Reva, roll that episode. Hulk Hogan is watching. Oh, I love Brooke. Uh, his daughter has been to our shows before. <laughs> remember in LA? Remember you remember? I don't remember. <laughs> you had to refresh my memory. I remember yeah, Tequila has been to our shows. I know a lot Tila, of celebrities yeah. have been to our shows, but not. I don't remember the Brooke Hogan story, actually. Yep. She's been to our shows, but uh, I don't know why. I think she might like one of the open. I don't think oh, anybody's I ever been to our shows because they like our band. Yeah, I don't think. I remember oh, not our band. They like the other bands. Was, okay, so <laughs> I believe that Brooke Hogan that. probably came to a classic crime show because yep. of Robbie. It sounds more right. <laughs> yep. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. She came. She knows Robbie from. You classic know how Robbie crime? is. Yeah, he just. You remember that? You know, story? people. People. I don't remember the story. You remember what was it, Reba? 
So he he went to a restaurant or something, and there was a whole table of people, like famous people, and he just went up and started talking to them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But Brooke Hogan is that the same? That was a different show. I don't think that's the same. No, yeah, he he went up and sat down with. uh, uh, They thought he was Joe Jonas. He was one of the Jonas Brothers because he looks (laughs) like that. So they thought he was one of the Jonas Brothers, and they're like, "Oh my God, come over and sit." He just rolled with it, like he never said anything Uh, clarifying who he was. Yeah, that's a separate. Yeah, I think that's a separate one. So he, and he hung out with that. (laughs) He, uh, uh, he, that table was filled with the people from the reality show. Vanderpump rules or something like that. It's Vanderpump. They were on, I think she was on one of the real housewives of something or whatever. I think it is one of those, but I'm pretty sure it's Vanderpump and they're in LA. So he sat down and they thought he's one of the Jonas brothers. So, they're, so they're like, okay. But I thought the, uh, Hulk, the Hulk, yeah, what's Hulk Hogan's Hogan? daughter, I, can't remember. I think that she liked one of the opening bands that we were on tour with. And I don't probably. remember what the tour was. And it was probably was it at the Roxy. I think she was yeah. maybe at no, the Roxy that was, or something. That was at the venue that was in like, um, n- not Chinatown, but something like Koreatown in L.A. Mm-hmm. Maybe that so, was the but- that was the one that those other people were at. S- but I don't. I didn't see Brooke. Did you see her? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, her. I saw her standing in the back. She was she was like a heaving, hulking character. Oh, I do remember <laughs> that. She was giant, actually, right? Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. she's strong looking. She was I mean, tall and big. Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I remember that. I remember that Christina Applegate came Christina to Christina Applegate show. came because uh, Watashi Wa's tour manager was her brother, Kyle Applegate. Yeah, like a half and so brother. She, she came and to, saw him and watched their say it. She didn't watch her say it, but. Um, who else came? I know Tequila Tequila came with Sunny Tequila Tequila. with Skrillex. To, oh, yeah. Skrillex. She was buddies with Sonny and right. came to the Chain Reaction. Oh, that's you right. You know another thing about That's crazy, Chain Reaction. Sarah Stewart just said Tequila Tequila was in a cult she was in. What, like a Christian? Sarah was in that Christian cult? I guess. Oh, my. I saw Tequila Tequila like a year ago post all this weird stuff about Christianity, but it was like way out there. It's... Bizarre. Sarah was in that cult. I guess That's that, may, that, that, that makes me like like Sarah even more. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in a cult, it kind of makes me think that's pretty fucking cool. Well, if you're in a cult <laughs> and, and you're out of it now, and you're and out of it, it. Yeah, yeah, and tell yeah, yes. people yeah. openly, then that's that's a good quality. And I admire people like yeah. me. Anybody can get in a cult, but if you get yeah. out of it and then you talk about it and you're like, oh, you know, that was wild or it was horrible or yeah. whatever you say, you that's know, cool. I, yeah, that, that that actually I really like that. Who else what? famous came? Uh, oh, a lot, a lot. I mean, at Warp Tour there were people around, and we've said that before. Like, uh, what's his face uh, from Allspring, uh, lead singer of Allspring, came on our bus with his. Girlfriend, oh yeah, but Dexter Brittany. Holland came on our bus. That yeah, was Dexter really Holland. Funny. I mean, he, his girlfriend was named Brittany. Like he was a big fan, kind of. Just he had it right. Okay, so yeah, he was. That yes. was Denver Warp Tour. And so somebody said that Dexter was coming to it was the warp tour that they weren't on. They were on it the year before. But the next right. year, we were in Denver at the Mile High Stadium. Mm. And you're right. And there was this girl that came that couldn't have been much more than 24 years old. Oh, if that. And I think she's And Dexter was probably yeah, older than you are now. <laughs> <laughs> and and he he they came and sat on Dave's drum trunk on the side of the stage at the right. Monitor World, and he was just bobbing his head with. And he had flown in with her from Florida because he owns a plane and is a pilot. So he, he was in, I think he was in Florida and flew and flew there, or maybe he was from in California at the time. But he flew in with her, sat there and watched her favorite band, Emory, on yeah. the side stage, and then 
came w- to our bus for like because she wanted to hang out with us, so she got to, of course. And so we just entertained them for like right. two hours. Yeah. And the whole time he's just you know doing the like you're with a girl, so right. and you, he doesn't care care. He's just he's going just along with what because he's hoping to get yeah. laid later. Yeah, yeah, but right. he has to spend as many hours as it takes right. for her to do whatever she wants to do at Warp Tour. He had to fly the plane. I mean, yeah. I've just never understood how that stuff was worth it. You know, like no. I mean, you know, it's that thing where you are trying to like hook up with a girl or something, and you'll you'll invest all night, and that makes sense if you're twenty and you're in college and you're you're not you don't have much game and you have right. a chance. You should, yeah, you work, do whatever it takes, you know, right. to try to anything. I remember that, but I can't imagine if you were a famous rock star at that level having to put in hours and hours and hours of work of stuff that you clearly aren't into. For, for something like that, and and he's like, uh, I, I mean, nothing against her. She looked, she actually kind of looked like Britney Spears, and yep. uh, I mean, she was <laughs> she was definitely hot, but she didn't seem like the smartest person in the world. She just did no, not seem that. It way. It just didn't seem worse. She's it a to sweetheart, me. but also he's like a didn't he? Isn't he like an astrophysicist or something? Like, I mean, he got his degree he, he had in a degree I mean, in molecular right? biology, I believe. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, so he's literally, it's obvious he's putting in the work just to bone her. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that—that—that's all it is. He's not like trying to do the work to have a relationship or anything. And so you're it like, okay, same that way. Yeah, no. it, but it's I mean, still awesome that he came on our bus. I can't believe yeah, they came on nice. our bus. He was I mean, that nice. was—I don't know about anybody else famous. Uh, I'm sure there's. I, I'm sure. I'm trying to think that people. have come to shows like that. I know we've met and been Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay Packers people. before he was on the Green Bay Packers before he even got signed. They were at our show in Chico, California. Oh, in Chico. Yeah, that's right. Which is hilarious to think that, you know, somebody I didn't even know. I'd never I didn't talk to him. I didn't know him or anything. That's just the funny, a college quarterback. A funny thing about he... that show, speaking of uh hooking up with girls, so I had met Jess. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, I met Jess at uh it'd probably been let's see, that show probably in Chico, California was maybe a month or so. I met Jess in July, and so this show was maybe August, September or something like that. And Jess and I had not necessarily talked about being exclusive or anything. We played the show in Chico, California. Little did I know that Aaron Rodgers is there with his family and our future friends, Number One Gun, all this. Stuff. I mean, there was a lot of people. Uh, well, I guess Number One Gun was our friends by that point. Um, but I didn't know that Aaron Rodgers was there. Little did I know anything about. I didn't know anything about him. And this is before he did anything. And and I'm walking off stage, and I go to the back of the room, and I'm watching Number One Gun headline. And this attractive young lady walks up to me and she goes, hey, well, it was such a good show. I was like, oh, thank you very much. You know, I appreciate it. Now, let me give you a little bit of backstory. I've definitely always been the the bigger guy in the band and felt like I was the ugliest one or least attention. You know, you, I'm a lead singer, but look at Devin compared to me in mm-hmm. in 2002. Two <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. Ain't much competition for Devin with me. I, maybe I can sing good, but, you know, Devin looks like Devin in 2002. And uh, so she starts talking to me, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. oh well, I appreciate. It. She's like, oh, so uh, what? What do y'all? Uh, uh, she said, what do you? What are you doing later? I said, oh, I don't know. We, you know, we, we're gonna hang out with our friends at Number One Gun. And she said, and then she just stared the most deeply into my eyes I've ever been stared at, and goes, no, what are you doing later? And I went, <laughs> I went, I, and in that moment, I went, oh, I'm in a band. I'm a lead singer. Yeah. I have arrived. That was the first time that and you I was like, "Oh my god!" That. I, I mean, that. like, I probably had a boner or something. I probably was just like, "I, I can't believe it." Somebody's really into me. Like, 
I did it. Like, oh my God. I'm ne- <laughs> I, I, no one ever you really did it. No, like, I, never, I never had unlimited hookups. You I've never, yeah, I, know, I thought I never had to. And I just met a girl. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to go up to her, uh, buy her a drink, talk, be as funny as I could be, as charming as I didn't have to do. I did, she was doing everything to me. And I went, oh my God. And then I thought, wait, this Jessica girl, we just started dating. <laughs> Seems pretty legit. Like, uh, do I, uh, would I have to tell her? What if I did go with this young lady? Who knows what? Well, I don't know what would happen. Uh, I don't know. And and I remember going, I just can't. I just thought enough of Jess. I was like, there's there's something here, and I can't. And I told her no, and nothing happened. And then Jess and I went on to get married, and we're still married to this day, which is crazy. But that, that one little I've, – I've thought back to that night, not because of the – well, also years later, Matt ended up actually hooking up with that girl. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Which we dated a little. I mean, well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> is this true? I, can I go here? Are you, are you feeling comfortable? Or can I go here I, real quick? Go for it. Did you not? You went out with her a couple times and did some hooking up, second, third base stuff with her, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While we were recording, I'm only a man. Correct. And then. Didn't you at that same uh, studio ask Bridget to marry you? Not the same, not the same <laughs> recording session, but it was that same studio where you had hooked yes. up with her, the other yes. lady, right? Correct. But, okay. but that, that, first of all, members were broken up. Yeah, Bridget. Were, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you were broken up. You did not cheat. That is not what I'm implying. Secondly, that was not even the same time. That was when I was recording the almost record. Oh, okay. Is when you asked Bridget to marry you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I that was, was wondering. Few, was that was bit, like years yeah. later. Yeah, it's like at least a couple of weeks. S- same studio though. Yeah, yeah it was the know. same studio. That's kind of wild because I remember that. Yeah, you, you and her went to a sound booth. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh Lord, man, you are. It was just after. It was like I didn't. Well, yep. see, that's the thing. That's what I think is kind of. I wonder what people really think. I think it's a very interesting territory because the whole yes, thing it is, is the whole deal there, like from your story, what you're telling there is right. We I was honorable in, and you weren't. Yeah. No, oh, right. No, uh, I did the honorable yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Poor Bridges you, but, in Seattle crying her eyes out. <laughs> we were in our, you know, twenties and we were in, we were, you know, uh, virgin, not having sex for married Christian yep. guys trying to, yep hold each other accountable and bounce their eyes and navigate being in these bands and kind of thing like that. And so I wonder what people really think it was like or how much stuff was really crazy right? or or compared to the bands we were always touring with. You know what I mean? Like it's very, it's a very big range when I look back on it of what was going on and who did what and what we thought was a big deal. Like even that, that was, I I didn't bring her until like one in the morning and I didn't tell y'all and it was, she was the, being aggressive, yeah, she was and the aggressor. It. She yeah. was the aggressor with me too. Like I had to really yeah. push her away to say, "No, I'm yeah. not hanging out with you tonight." Yeah, yeah, and I allowed it. It, it is the way right. I would. The only thing I could tell you is I allowed it, but not until after y'all had gone to bed and y'all didn't know. I didn't tell y'all for right. two two days later. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. <laughs> so it wasn't the type. We had the type of culture where we want to do, you know, like that. But then we'd be on tour right. with other bands, and the more I look back at it now, you think, especially after Me Too and everything, it's like. I mean, there's so many stories I heard, and, you know, there really is, the best way I can describe the whole touring thing from 2002 to 12, when it was, the scene was big, is the 
we would hang out and party and be insane on tour, and it was all so yeah. fun. And there was a sharp divide against yep. people like that that like to be that way, and then guys that only that that were had that eye where they were looking for chicks. Right. And that's a totally separate crowd. Like anytime the one guy in some band, we're all hanging on the bus, and he's there, and he's you know he's got the Scoping. eyes. Scoping, yeah. yeah. That's not somebody to right. ever hang around with. Nope. And, and I'm proud of the fact that that element has always been a hard line for. I've never been friends with somebody right at all that I heard any bad rumors about or just even had that thing. And it was partly because we were in a purity culture thing, which probably kept us. I mean, is there an argument to be made that the purity culture was? Positive, like kept you out of trouble there. Like, is that we were young and didn't have the bill? I mean, is that not true? Possibly, because uh, you remember thinking like, "Oh, those guys, like, oh no, right. like this is." You could you felt it like evil. Like you, we're partying and getting drunk and hanging out, being insane and destroying stuff and partying until four in the morning, right. and having the wild. And then there's that element that accompanies partying a lot. But that was a pretty hard line that's right? really funny that right? you say that yeah because I, I mean i didn't think of it in these terms but you're right there was something about that i thought wait a minute this is a person that uh god created or god loves too mm -hmm. and even though i'm i'm i know i'm a shitty person i am and but like i'm not i don't my goal isn't only to use them i hope and even if i do that i'm trying to war against it or fight against it or whatever you're right there was some real creeps that you would see lingering around that, that that's what they, they were hunting and those bands hunting that were that way, sex. yeah, it just, it just, it was just the like the hanging out was never right. authentic either. Like they'd hang right. out and they'd be looking past you, you know, you like you're drinking a beer. I'm gonna hang out with this right. band, and they're it's that's not they're not doing the same thing. They were, no. you know, you could feel now, it. Now, can we also say this though? Honestly, most guys in bands are decent. I mean, they're hooking mm -hmm. up and having sex like everybody and stuff. But I mean, and. It it might even be easier for a lot of yes, those by dudes far and the bands, but, but they weren't they weren't like being unbelievably shitty. It was just like, oh wait a minute, this girl definitely wants to have sex with me. I'm going to have sex with her. But they weren't like yeah. being shitty or treating them bad. There was always you know, there's tons of girls. That's in, under ten percent. And the but I'm in the green room and stuff like that, where nobody was being awful. Yeah, yeah. But five percent. I mean, there's dozens of of people you've run across that you know if you understood what was going on, it's bad stuff. Oh yeah, at oh, least five percent. Yes. Yeah. 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 But those uh, aren't yes. ever the people you'd be friends with, and then I'm sure no. there's people that you'd be shocked about. And maybe we lucked out but. with a lot of the bands we toured with. I mean, I, I think a lot of the guys, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think there was some crazy stuff. But I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Like you hear stories now about, like I've heard stories about like Led Zeppelin would have oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable they amounts of 14, fourteen year old girls, right? Stuff, yeah, yeah, and, and like, For sure. and those are people. Some Led Zeppelin are some people's or lots of people's heroes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what were they doing now? At the same time, what was that like? It was a different time. I'm not saying it was right. Do you but know the way they saw some of those the, yeah, I don't know. groupie? I don't know. Some of those groupie people and even for, people that were 14 at the time and stuff, they don't got no regrets about it. You think That's so? That's uncomfortable. No, I'm, yeah. I'm saying there are. There are some of those exact right. women who now are like, that. They, they don't have regrets about it, which makes it complicated. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They say it was a different time and it was great. Right. There are there are like well both are valid though are both like are that. valid and it's just, the 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 whole thing that's really crazy about the whole situation is you just hear it and you weren't there like I hear mm -hmm. I've heard a bunch of stories and I wasn't there and I don't know what that you know what I mean like how do I inform myself I don't want anybody to be hurt I want all sex to be healthy I want all that you know especially from myself my family all that stuff but it's just it when you hear some of that stuff but what I'm my my point too though is. It, 
I never walked into a room and saw people having sex or it be uh, lead singer being abusive or anything like that. I, I didn't. Did you? Do you remember hearing even hearing a story about yeah. it? Like, a, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's definitely rumors. I mean, that you heard. Oh no, I guess, but I don't remember. I don't. Maybe it's just my bad brain. I don't remember hearing a. Okay, for example, I remember there was one band, and the rumor about them was they were tour gay, and they would suck yep. each other off while they yeah, were on yeah, tour, yeah. but when they were at home, they had their girlfriends and stuff right. like that. Right, yeah, that was, and, I remember thinking that yeah, was so I, scary I, I, and horrific. Yeah. And I was like, what you does know. that mean, tour gay? What, I you, guess it was like you say the Roman military would do stuff like that. I understand it now yeah. in a historical context, and maybe it was yeah. true, but at the time I thought, there's no way that's true. It couldn't be real. How can anybody ever do that? But or maybe just, it was true. Yeah, I mean, but, I... Or were you so so horny that you just oh, I don't care let's just blow each other or something like that. I don't know I mean this Maybe. Is, what, what the hell are we talking about right now this is too much for everybody <laughs> this is like the most unbelievable good guy I'm just trying to finish my margarita here and just have a good god Reva, you never Reva, Reva's never even heard all these stories Reva no. what do you think from Toby Morrell is on tour and this is two thousand two or three three <laughs> two thousand three or four maybe okay. From Greer, South Carolina, uh, lived a pretty modest life, you know, not, nothing too wild and crazy. Just trying, I'm, uh, uh, holy cow, I'm in a band and touring the world. And then I hear the band that we're touring with is tour gay. And, and I, I didn't even understand regular gay. <laughs> so I was like, what in the hell is like that? What is this? Toby. You know what I mean? And then there was, a, there was, a, I remember Matt knows, we, we talked about it a little bit. There's a band, you know, that did some cocaine or something. And I was like, whoa. This is crazy. What is, maybe it is real, and I'm going to see the craziest, wildest. Uh, our green rooms are going to get wild. Oh no, God, is this going to be? Did I choose? And then it just it didn't ever. At least around us, it was never that bad. I think I'm, we, I and think maybe because people thought we were Christian and we were goofy right. enough that they For just sure. kept For it sure. away from us. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent true. That that everybody was like, yeah, like we get to hang out with bands and we would be really cool with them. But you know that. When we weren't right. there, they're probably telling more yeah. stories, of yeah. course, Le- right. and and more timidly, you know, with us. Like they're not going to offer sure. you right. guys anything because they know they know right. it's going to happen, there. right? Because these are the same yeah. bands that that said, "Okay, I guess we'll let this band that sells a hundred thousand right. records on tour if they promise not to preach." Right. I guess we'll let them come. Yeah, on you're tour. right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was so funny. One funny story from the road though is how much. Uh, uh, scary kids, scaring kids, hated uh, Chiotis. That was that. The best. We were on tour <laughs> with them, and, and Chiotis was massive. Reva, they were. Were they so on tour huge. together? Like oh, that was one tour. The tour yeah, we was, were on tour with them. Here, here's the roster. Here's the opener. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the bill opener. Devil wears Prada. Next band, Scary Kids, oh, yeah. Scaring Kids. Next band, Emery, headliner Chiotis. Huge yeah. tour. Huge. And the tour. We, what year I mean, was the, that? Whatever the big year would have been, I don't know. Whenever Prada came out, they were the they were the new opener baby. It's probably around two thousand eight, maybe two thousand. I probably went uh, to that tour. Something like two thousand eight. Yeah, <laughs> you might have. It was. Awesome. I mean, the shows were if so it went huge. Des Moines it, it or was Omaha, massive. I was there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. I mean, it was that. That's when we were touring forty dates, and it was yeah. a month and a half long, or something like we went that. To but Canada, it, everything. But uh, scary kids, scaring kids were like uh, they were just you know kind of dirty, and they were just, what were they from New Mexico or Arizona or something Arizona. like that, and they, and they were pretty cool. Their lead singer Tyson was just now you want to talk about somebody that did drugs? He was doing my real hard God, drugs I mean, all the time. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw him not drugged up. Like 
real I never saw him shoot up. up or anything, but you could yeah. tell he had done it eight seconds yeah. ago sometimes. It, it was unbelievable. And they were really nice. They were actually really cool guys and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, were, they were cool guys. And they hated Craig from Chiotis uh, because they thought he was shitting on girls. And I was like, and it kind of made me really respect. They were like being, they were, they were actually being pretty legit, even though they're the type of guys that were definitely hooking up with chicks yeah, and doing all kinds sure. of stuff, you yeah. know. But like they weren't, maybe they were doing it in some way the right way, or they weren't, but, they weren't trying to abuse people, I don't think. And so they, they were really mad at, at Craig because he did something. He used to do all uh, kind of terrible What was stuff the thing? They put general. up a sign or something. He put up a sign I in the green rooms. Oh, you do? They would have. They were real bad about not giving space for the openers and not backlining or sharing backline space. Or And then they had these big ego risers, which are the boxes you stand on mm. on stage. So they had these big, really custom cool ones that were put up every night and everything. And then uh, they started telling us not to use them. Like, you can't use them. Right. They're there, but you can't step on them only when... Chiotis is out. Can they use these ego boxes between the monitors and stuff like that? But they'd leave and, them up the whole time. Yeah, they'd put them <laughs> up and they would be up there all night. And then their, their drums would be pushed toward the. Fr- I mean, the riser was there, and you barely had room to set right. up in front of Chiotis. And so that. And was you're tense. on huge stages too, and, so it's like yeah, like come House on. of Blues and and stuff. Like the stages are huge. I mean, they had this, that much stuff that still was in your way. Yeah, and and it was just the attitude overall was not. It wasn't like a normal tour where everybody's cool. Or it actually was. It really just is Craig because the rest of Chiodos is they're fucking awesome. I mean, right? They actually were Brad. Like their keyboard player was dope. Yeah, they're awesome. So then, so eventually they started. The tour manager had to put up signs after they warned us to put in the green rooms, and it <laughs> said "Ego Risers are for Chiodos only." Yeah, Ego Risers sc- for Chiodos only. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so Scary That's Kids right. writes on there. Uh, scary Kids writes on there. Egos, and they took out the they crossed out, out the risers, the and, and it just says "Egos are for Chiodos only." It's like yeah. how poetic. <laughs> and then they tried to like kick them off the show or not let them play. We're gonna kick them off the whole tour, right? And and Chiodos and and Scary Kids had called them out for being shitty to like their. Uh, I think Craig like hooked up with some of their friends that were girls right. or something. Yes. I mean, it was yes. it was yeah, it was sure. whatever. I mean, it was a whole thing, <laughs> and it was brewing back and forth. And then that was when they almost kicked him off the tour for monkeying with that sign. But I thought that was quite <laughs> quite poetic. But and that reminds me of something else that's I think it's just unbelievably hilarious. If we're going to tell all these tour type stories, I thought about this yesterday. I'm glad it came up. Speaking of sign alterations, we. <laughs> We did a tour in Australia our first time over there when we had gotten big, and it was it was the best experience of really my life. I was thinking about it, being yeah. around in, with Flog and Molly and Story of the Year. Um, it was just it was it was the most. Uh, Turn that off. Get out of here, Gerald. <laughs> Jerry, go on, Gerald. Gerald. Go, Scram. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we did this giant Australian tour. It shows as big as like 5,000 people in Sydney, story no. of the year, and flogging Molly, all in airports, nice hotels, our first time international, and we're just like, we're it. We're like, we're the opener here, but we belong here. It was, right. it was right. this is the beginning of everything. This is, you know, this is our people. This is, we're cool. And, and so we were all over there, and then we had a whole nother tour in Australia with Motion City, because we were already in Australia. And yep. had done that whole oh, tour, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we ha- we killed like three days and hung out in Brisbane and waited on Motion City to get over there, and then we did a round of shows with them. So we'd already been in Australia, done that everything, and then Motion City. I'm sure they didn't probably even hardly know who we were. Yeah, I mean, they knew who right. we were. Like yeah. we'll have Emory support, but we were a relatively new band, 
And so we're back at the same club that we'd already played last week, hanging out, drinking, getting drunk, just partying in Australia. And we're there ahead of Motion City for, you know, for a while. And they have the, the, the signs up on the green rooms. And, and Toby changes Motion City. It says Motion City soundtrack. And Toby changed it to Motion Titty soundtrack. <laughs> and just <laughs> before they even show up for their headline in Australian tour. Right. And we thought, oh, they're going to love this. Because we've just been partying We're gonna have like new crazy with flogging Molly. I can't wait to just chill. Right. and do. Oh, this is going to be so great. And uh, they came and just did not get it at all. And they're like, no. who is this opener? They're already like... Yeah. I, like like we they thought, were offended or yeah like what is this like was not like that's was, not funny it was totally you know, uncomfortable when they got there we thought they'll they'll <laughs> die laughing at this <laughs> yeah it, you know <laughs> it was and we eventually we, got yeah. better with them i hung up with the keyboard pl- you know what speaking of hooking up this is yep. true story okay the I, I was hanging out with them afterwards or something or there might it might have been a girl that i like there or something i don't know um and she had a friend or this other friend. Wait, and when that, is this? Then? Yeah. It was like, it was like four we shows in into that tour. Okay. Yeah. And the the keyboard player was trying to hook up with a girl, and he, for some reason, wanted me to go oh, with I him. Remember, yeah, I'm remembering And, and I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, again, I wasn't trying to do anything. Right. I wasn't right. thinking that was cool. And he, I remember, we were standing at the soundboard, and they were kicking people out, and this girl had a friend that he liked, and he was like... So man, I mean, like you, you like to party, right? Like, but he, he meant by party, he meant I need you to come with me so we can do this. And I was like, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> and I felt really pressured in, in that moment. Like I had to go. Yeah, I like to party. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, you know I, I, yeah, I think so. Because I mean, we, we hadn't really been. That's what I'm talking. I'm not saying he that, that guy was awesome, um, but his uh, his name's I forgot his name, but. Anyway, the, those guys were, were cool, but he, yeah, I know, but he, but I remember in that moment feeling very pressured, like, oh no, this is peer pressure. This is it. I'm gonna have to go. Do I have yeah. to go with them? Do I have to? Oh, is he gonna? Is this bad? Is this okay? I don't know what to do. And I just like, no, sorry, man. I think we gotta go or right. whatever. And I split, got out of there. But I, I remember feeling pressured. In that the moment. first time you ever experienced <laughs> yeah. peer pressure. <laughs> well, I just, I didn't know. I mean, I don't know, but that's what I mean. That's the kind of thing where it's like, well, that's too far for us. But on the other hand, we were doing so much crazy stuff. Yeah. It just wasn't sexual, basically. Like that was the something we just had. It was not part of our Emory culture. It never really has been. All right. Yeah. Well, the, well, the thing was, is we all knew each other so well. So if somebody was going to do something like that, you, it really was a thing where you would, you didn't want to disappoint me and Devin yeah. or, right. you know what I mean? Like, you're like, uh, I could do this, but look at me. What is this? What am I actually doing? And I had to go explain it. And yeah, it's probably yeah. not the right. So it, was, it wasn't like harsh rules. I can, Reva, I can remember uh, being on Warp Tour and Devin called a meeting. Devin Shelton <laughs> called a meeting and he was like, hey. Um, That's when you know it's serious. He's like, listen, I, I want us to have fun. I want, us, I want things to go really well. Uh, I, I'm totally cool with you guys. But we should probably quit drinking. <laughs> and we were like, and, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't do that. So what do I do? Because, I mean, you're on warp Tour, and there's, like, nothing else like, to do. Okay, and, like what having are our a, other options? Uh, right, right. So we, 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 we did the, hey, Devin, we get it. We really respect you. Hey, we're going to cut back. You know, we're going to, and then we just, you know. Hit it, and then uh, our, I can remember the next year we did Warp Tour, and then Devin got married 
and wasn't on the tour with us. And then so it was just like nonstop unbelievable. That was a really funny second warp tour because Devin Devin's not there. We're partying, having a killer time. The warp tour is a little bit weird and strange. Uh, that's the warp tour where under oath like fell apart. Uh, oh, yeah. And we're just out there doing all the stuff. And uh, I mean, they're, they're falling apart. We're on this tour. And uh, during that time is when we, uh, Joel, we found out that Joel, the reason, like, there had been a lot of stuff happening, but then we, it, we had eventually gotten to the point where, you know, we just can't be in a band with Joel, being in a business with him. And so on that, it's, it's like, it, what a weird time with no Devin. Uh, yeah. We are, we feel like we're, Was someone uh, else you know, in for him. Ben, yeah, uh, ben, ben from number one ben guns. Oh, I who was really who was who was really fun and and I mean we had just a blast that that tour was just a blast I mean it really was golly it was, how fun it was because uh, my brother was on tour with us Derek mm-hmm. uh, my yeah. friend our friend from yeah. college uh, Logan uh, uh, Kale who's been on this podcast a bunch and uh, and so it was this weird time where it was really fun we were really partying because Devin wasn't there that you know Dad <laughs> Dad right. had left really <laughs> and so we were like there. I mean I, I can remember uh, so they would give you uh, was it Monster. The blue mon- was it? Mon- it was, it was lost and and diet monster the second yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Had lost energy drink first year and then oh, that's uh, right. low carb monster with the blue. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. The blue M and I would, yeah, I, would yeah. I would, I would, I mean, I, I we that one did I would taste just, the best I, too. It was good. I would, I would make vodka and monster drinks and just drink those. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even drink that much beer back then, which is really we crazy. just had giant handles of cheap vodka and mon- yeah, yeah, low carb monster it, and that's it's it. kind of like how O Sleeper tours now. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. how we toured back then. It's, it's really similar, but what a crazy time! And then, yeah, Devin, you know, had told us that, and then I was like, "Oh, we're free." And then Devin came back, and it was fine, and it didn't matter. And then it just none of it ever mattered, and you just keep on going. But it, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But it's funny that that we and your brother you just Mike lived, was on tour. Yeah, my brother Mike, my brother. So a lot of people probably don't even. I mean. My brother Gary is hilarious, and and while Reba, you, you heard the story where Gary for two weeks people thought he was uh, an illegal from Mexico. Did you ever hear that? <laughs> Did you ever hear that story? No. Yeah, Toby's brother Gary is super quiet and That's just hilarious. kind of calm, and he was a guitar tech, and he's very very yep. quiet, uh, right. barely talks. But he, like a lot of people like that, maybe introverted people or something, do a little bit of an alter eager thing ego thing like uh, yeah. Andy Nichols does where he puts a mask on or becomes Doug or whatever. Right, but right. Toby's brother Gary <laughs> would had this big American flag hilarious like um, windbreaker and he spike his hair up and do a mustache and he called himself Miguel. All right. And and <laughs> my and brother then, can have almost like a fro with his hair. Like it looks like yeah. a fro, yeah. And it just he just looked Mexican and he called himself Miguel and he would talk and he didn't talk much anyway, so yeah, he would just talk in a little bit of broken English here or there and say a couple yeah. words. And it was this super hardworking guitar tech named Miguel, and everybody's like, "What happened to Gary?" And like, well, he had to go home. We got Miguel, and, no, and, and he was so quiet anyway that people thought, yeah, people didn't. It was people, a different person for like two weeks. <laughs> yep. So it was like a week. Or, it was like a week or two in the tour. I almost think it was that. Uh, was it not the Chiotas tour? It, it might have been. been. I some, think it might. It was one of those tours where so Gary. Uh, Take and, action, and we maybe. we told everybody that my brother had to go home, and we were at a truck stop, and there was this Mexican guy there, and he's like, "Hey, I'll do anything. I'll work. It, you know, I'm just here. Uh, <laughs> if y'all would take me." And we said, "So we did." And, he, and he's been awesome. We told everybody that Miguel is so good. He is awesome, and everybody in all the other bands. I think I really do believe it's like Chiotas and Devil Wears Prada. They're like, oh, "That Miguel guy's cool." Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They thought he was an illegal from Mexico, and is my brother. 
And, and we, I mean, we just never told them. Eventually, we just said my brother came back, and nobody that ever. Made you know, a little bit cooler than like your brother. That's quiet. <laughs> yeah, it, people <laughs> thought Emory was really cool because we we picked up a guy from another country and just gave him a job. They just thought we were <laughs> awesome. I get, but, well, but people that, don't pay attention, you know. No, there's an infinite <laughs> amount of this though, so let's just leave it here. But we could do more of this. This is kind of fun. It feels good, to, but you're stuck in these quarantine times to relive some good old things. Yep. I kind of enjoyed it, but I want to prove that I don't have Alzheimer's and I didn't look anything up. The okay. keyboard player from Motion City Soundtrack's name is Jesse. He played okay. a Korg MS-2000 keyboard. Wow. I don't know his last name. Their main, their lead singer's Justin, which is what I got hung up on because it's a J. Oh, and their guitar yeah. player that's so cool is Josh. So that's oh, yeah. a little bit of a hang-up. Their drummer is named Tony, and I don't think I can remember the bass player's name, but I know who he is. You, do you think almost always the lead singers from every band are the worst people in the band, right? Like, I mean, that's um, the, Most likely. I mean, when when you Not think always. like I, I didn't like the Justin guy. I mean, definitely an Emory. And he's he's the front man of the band, and the reason maybe the band is you know he's the most person you remember from Motion City soundtrack. If you thought, mm -hmm. what do they look like? You would think Justin, the lead singer with the glasses mm -hmm. and the big hair and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't think he was that nice or friendly or anything like that. But I mean, in most other bands, I guess that's the way. I always feel like me and Devin are right on par with everybody else in our band. That, that I mean, you got to give us some credit. We we didn't really have lead singer syndrome, right? No. Well, I mean, Probably nobody would tell. Nobody tells Justin. Nobody tells that to Justin either. He he has the same, shares your same delusion. Oh I <laughs> shit! At least there were Fuck. two of you guys to like balance out the ego yeah. thing a bit. Maybe that actually helped. Like I knew oh, I had sure to work it for it because that damn Devin's. I, I mean, show if me you up. think of the personality of of uh, of you you having to share with Devin in that regard, <clears throat> and right. the Matt personality, that is a limiting factor. Right, that's most right. bands don't have a, that type of dynamic to keep a lead singer in check. So you can imagine if you were already more confident and then didn't have a Devin and a Matt, and right. you hadn't met Jessica so early, your your trajectory could have been much different. If you go back oh, to two thousand and two and run it forward, right? Oh Lord, you could have I, become I, an oh, empty yeah. bad loser, right? That was good at singing. Oh, God, <laughs> it would. I that promise hard. you, I have often thought like if I didn't meet Jessica when I did, what terrible person i would be because i i know i have a mom a dad and a brother and they didn't do so good without a jessica <laughs> they did not do good without it like it, it, it i i forever whatever is hard about it it's worth it for sure <laughs>